Hey everyone, Gil Gross here, post-match Nick Kyrgios versus Hugo Umber, second round Australian Open 2021. If you are not here for spoilers, click off the video in three, two, one. Thrilling, epic, five-set win for Nick Kyrgios over Hugo Umber in front of a raucous, unruly Australian Open crowd in John Kane Arena. I'm going to break down this match. I'm going to talk about why Hugo Umber seemed to be in control for the better part of fourth sets, for four, uh, four sets rather, and why that changed, how it changed, and Kyrgios was able to really change the way the match was being played in a key moment at the end. Umber almost hit the finish line with two match points, and he didn't quite get there, and then from there, uh, Nick was uh, was a different kind of player, and I'll get into why. Then after that, I will discuss the round three matchup that looms. Dominic Team will face uh, Nick Kyrgios in the third round in what is sure to be a blockbuster. Not sure. You know, you should never say anything sure when you're talking about Nick Kyrgios because nothing is sure. If you're not following me on Twitter, make sure you do that. The handle is at Gil underscore Gross. And if you are a podcast listener, I recommend that you subscribe to Monday Match Analysis on your favorite podcast platform. The link to Spotify and Apple are in the description. All right. Again, this match featured a, a very key little stretch that really decided the match. End of the fourth set. So I want to get there pretty quickly. But first, let me just cover what occurred before that crucial 10, 15, 20 minutes. This was kind of a classic. First of all, this was a very evenly played match. And the shot making was tremendous. And the offensive tennis was great. And it really, this this court surface really complemented both players. There was tons of fireworks. I'm sure if you, if you watch the highlights of this match, there's going to be so many entertaining shots that were hit. It's going to be a fun highlight reel. Because that, that's what it was watching the match. It was, it was a lot of fireworks. Serve dominated as well. But the difference was, in classic Nick Kyrgios fashion, there were lapses. There were lapses in Kyrgios's focus. One came at the end of the first set when he got upset with the let cord machine that called lets on, on shots that were not lets. He, he had a point. I, I don't think they were lets. I think the machine was being weird. But again, it, it affected his game. And then the same thing happened at the end of the third set, and it spilled over to the beginning of the fourth set. Now, let me be specific when I say that Nick lapsed in focus. I literally mean that he was not in the correct headspace to make an attempt at playing his best tennis. If you look at the end of the first set, there were some very questionable shot selection decisions that Nick Kyrgios had. And, you know, third and fourth set, same thing. He will actually get himself in a headspace where he is not prepared to make the decisions that are going to help him win the point. That is what often happens to Nick Kyrgios for periods at a time during a tennis match. Umber, Mr. Steady, I, I really love the way he, he went about things. I like the way he goes about things. I think he's got a great swagger, a great confidence to his game. I think he's generally pretty engaged at all times, and I, I like that about Hugo Umber. So Kyrgios was in and out, and Umber was consistent, and 
that's what saw Umbert be up a break in two sets in the fourth set. That was it. In the first game of the second set, Kyrgios got his only, did get a break of serve, and he played, he got some returns in play, and I thought he hit some very savvy change-up forehands, hitting loopy cross-court to the umber backhand and taking some pace off, and Hugo was just not used to that, and it's a great play because Umber, just like Kyrgios' backhand, he'd rather redirect the pace. So to take some pace off the ball, add some spin and height, loop cross court, it it drew some errors from Umber, and just in general, Kyrgios put some air under the forehands, and I think he he hadn't really done that for the entire match leading up to that. It was a great changeup. It threw Umber off. Obviously, it started with getting some returns in play. And uh, Kyrgios got the break in the second set. Second set was very clean. Serve dominated. Lots of winners. Not a lot of unforced errors. Lots of first serves into the court. So that first game was the difference. But other than that, you had a two sets to one advantage with a break for Hugo Umber. And it was just about mental focus. It was just that he wasn't going in and out of the the, uh, good mindset. And Nick was. But late in the fourth set... I would point to the four all game and I would point to, um, wait, I'm trying to think. No, no, no. I think it was a, so it was two games. It was Umber's service game at 5-4 and it was Umber's service game at um, um, 4-3, right? Those were the two, um, two service games that I thought Nick... Um, Nick made a push and and made some some changes. So here's what happened, and it, it was a combination of a couple things. But one, the crowd lifted Nick up. You you have to acknowledge that watching the match. There's just no way around that. And we've all seen Kyrgios go look down and out in a match, and instead of looking for ways to lift himself up, like I just talked about with Yannick Sinner when I broke down his match against Denis Shapovalov, and I talked about how Sinner, just by himself, you could see him pick himself up and raise his energy level when he was down and out, and he needed that push. Well, Nick doesn't generally do that. Normally, he looks for anything to figure out a way to spiral downward, but the crowd picked him up. I don't think there's any way around that. This crowd was, I would say, more unruly than your average Davis Cup crowd. It was intense. It was cheering Hugo Umber's missed first serves intense. It was borderline. I love that. I think it's a spectacle. I know some of you guys are going to probably comment about how disrespectful the crowd was. They were disrespectful. I can't argue with that. Uh, I do think it makes for some great theater. um, And... I don't really hate it, if I'm being honest. But yeah, they, they, they were not they were not following etiquette. Not at all. Um, so after that, so with Kyrgios kind of staying mentally engaged, I don't think it would have been possible without the crowd. One thing he did tactically was he just became a little bit more willing to defend at this point with this with this newfound energy. He allowed his court position to drift back. And when Nick doesn't want to run, he does not do that. He he stays put on the baseline and he tries to anticipate and then he tries to react and then he tries to basically counterattack 
which is obviously the riskiest type of shot selection that you can choose to to do. But at this point in the match, and I think he did a little bit of this at, at one all in the one all game as well when he broke serve in the second set. But at this point in the match, end of the fourth set, the crowd really ramping it up. Nick is going to let himself drift back to play a little defense. That's not getting defensive. That's not to say that if he gets something to attack, he's not attacking it. No, he is. All I'm saying is he's willing to defend. That's all I'm saying. And that means when he drops a short ball, right? Let's say he hits a return of serve and it's, and it's not of great quality. He actually lets himself drift back to play some defense. You have to do that to play good defense. If you hit a crap return and then stay on the baseline, they are going, a good opponent is going to hit a winner right past you. You're not going to have time. But if you are a willing defender, you're going to hit that bad return. You're going to calculate that. You're going to say, oh, that's short. I better drop back here. I better move back and give myself some time to defend. And Nick was actually doing that here. So at the same time, Nick became willing to defend. Hugo became timid moving forward. And I don't know why this happened. But he just was not confident coming in and finishing. And as a result, you saw a lot of points where Kyrgios was using the continental grip on both the forehand and the backhand to defend and extending rallies. And ultimately, he was able to win some of those points. You should never let a player be, you know, seven, eight feet behind the baseline hitting slice defense three shots in a row. You can't do that. You got to move in because those are easy volleys that Umbert passed up and he, he wanted no part of. And then when he did come up, you could again see it was not, it was 80% confident, not 100%. There was just a little bit missing on his conviction. Ultimately, on match point, um, Umbert was was sucked in on, on the same kind of thing where Kyrgios had continental grip. This is the second match point, And he hits a really good low slice forehand that is cross court. And Umber chips and charges down the line. Just not really clear-headed decision-making there. Uh, it wasn't a great opportunity to move in. So I, I think he should have just stayed back. Uh, or you got to make it a little bit better. Um, or... I think this would have been hard. But or I think, you know, you, you come in... Not um, maybe on maybe one shot earlier, but I I actually um, I'm not confident ab about that. But the point is, Kyrgios becomes willing to play some defense, and Umber gets timid moving forward, and now the the dynamic completely shifts because again, now Nick is having success kind of at on all facets, right? Having to come from behind on some of these points and dictating being in charge on some points. He's winning both types. Then, of course, you have the return. And it's another error by Umber. It's another error by Umber at this 5-4 game. First of all, he is not making first serves. And that might have been the tension. That might have been the crowd. That might have been the moment. That might be being, you know, a little bit young and susceptible and green and and not overly experienced serving under the kind of pressure that Umber was under. But even when he did make the first serves, they were not to the right spot. This was irking me kind of all match. 
Umber was not was not identifying this the entire match, but you have to make Nick Kyrgios hit good forehand returns. You must. You have to. If you get broken, if you get your serve broken by Nick Kyrgios and all you made him hit was backhand returns, you should do the walk of shame. <laughs> because you're letting him off the hook. It's his worst shot, the forehand return. It is It is not good. It is technically flawed. It is not effective. So not to say that Nick can never hit a good forehand return. He can. In fact, he did at one all in the fifth set. He hit some good ones, two good ones. But when at the end of a game, when I'm looking at, okay, Kyrgios broke serve. How many backhand returns did he hit? How many forehand returns did he hit? Especially on the first serve, mostly on the first serve return. It should be equal or more forehands. If you're giving him more backhands to hit than forehands, you're doing him a favor. Flat out, straight up. And go back and watch most of the big points in the big moments in this match. And Umber is serving to the Kyrgios backhand. And I don't know how many great backhand returns Kyrgios had to hit for Umber to realize that that wasn't happening when he was going to the forehand. He was not, he was just kind of blind to that. And that's my biggest critique, my biggest criticism for, for Umber. I thought he played great in this match. I thought he showed his stuff. I think if you watch this match and, you know, I think you should see how good Hugo Umber is by watching this match. Because I'm a believer in, in this guy. I think he's going to be really, really good. And I don't care that he lost this match. He showed his stuff. He's for real. He's legit. But strategically, he was not in the right spot here. He was he was not doing the right things. He just wasn't. Or at least he wasn't executing. Umber's serve, and this is not just because he's a lefty. It's not. Believe me. Umber's serve is great at finding the righty backhand. Okay? And that is a great skill. That's part of the reason why I did my I made my Hail Mary low percentage uh uh tweener down the line pick of Umber over team. That's what part of the reason I did it stylistically, because if I thought the matchup happened, I I knew that team was going to have to hit a lot of difficult backhand returns. And again, this is true for righties too, right? Federer, um, Djokovic, really good at finding the righty backhand. Andy Murray, Andre Rublev, not so much. So it's not just because Umber's a lefty. No, it's because he's, he's simply really good at executing that serve. But he was not comfortable enough mixing it up and going to the forehand or going to the body often enough in this match. He needed to make that a regular serve, not a change-up. There were times where he went down the tee serving on the ad side. It happened. But it was a it was a change-up. Why is that a change-up? That should have been the norm because that's hitting to Kyrgios' weaker return. And it's Umber's less comfortable serve. So maybe... 
if he tried to to hit to Kyrgios's forehand, maybe Umber would have missed all his first serves or missed a higher percentage of his first serves. That's possible, but that would be a problem anyway. So I'm going to close the book on that. That's what happened in the fourth set that flipped the match to Kyrgios, okay? Nick starts to defend. Umber doesn't come in, and Nick is getting returns in play. Part of that is because Hugo is hitting to his backhand return. Hugo is not finding the Kyrgios forehand return. And at that point, Kyrgios gets in into a rhythm and into a, a swagger. I think, you know, just saving match points will do this to players, not just Nick. But when Kyrgios is really loose as a goose, which he was, he becomes this terrifying talent. Terrifying. And Nick was. He was absolutely terrifying. His backhand got into the best groove I've ever seen it in. I've never seen Nick's backhand get into as much of a rhythm as it did late in this match into the tie break, into the beginning of the fifth set, and he was serving really well, and it was through the roof. It was such unbelievable tennis. Shot-making was incredible, and at this point, Umber had pretty much lost the match because Kyrgios, again, held on to that level, played a great one-all game. I thought it was Kyrgios' best um, return game was the one-all game. And by the way, if you're curious, when it comes to uh, returns, Kyrgios had to make two forehand returns, two backhand returns. So that's okay. At least make it even. Just don't let him hit more backhands than forehands. That's that's me as a coach. If, if I were to coach a player, I would be very upset with my player. You get it. I'm I'm uh, beating a dead horse. But um, yeah, Kyrgios went God mode. He went God mode, especially on his backhand. So he ran away with this one. He reached this really fun level in the fifth set, and that was it. Crowd lifted him up. The The match changed complexion. I think you can be a casual observer, and you and if you were watching it um, towards the end of the fourth set, you could see, oh, this, this tennis looks different. It doesn't have the same—it doesn't have the same look to it. It doesn't feel the same, and it didn't. It, it changed. Um and again, Kyrgios, he, he saves two match points here and wins the match. Okay, let's go to the uh, Dominic team match real quick. And at first, I'll just address the Umber thing. I do think that, first of all, Kyrgios is going to be glad that this went five sets and this was a physical match. Uh, but I, I do think that Umber would have been a, a tougher match for team, perhaps, than Nick. Now, I think both of them are really tough third-round matches for Dominic team on this lightning quick court surface because that again let me just reiterate it's playing incredibly fast so great servers offensive players big forehands it's gonna be tough on this surface for for Dominic team in the third round regardless but this is all about fitness these are my questions I have always maintained with Nick Kyrgios the same thing I've been saying the same thing for so long he has always been really 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 talented and out of shape uh, and I, I've never wanted to sugarcoat it. I've never wanted to because it's always been so clear. He His body breaks down. He does not go into the second week of a major and maintain a good physical condition. He doesn't do that. You can look at his title runs, Acapulco. You know, he's he's playing injured by the end there, right? He can He can win the title. He can get to the end. He can play well on Sunday. But he's, at that point, taped up and sore and taken medical timeouts. Kyrgios has always been... Uh, people like to talk about the mental problem. 
mental issues. And, and yes, those are there. He doesn't focus well. But I've always thought that the, the fitness was a bigger problem. He just went five sets. What's he going to have? What's he going to have in the third round against team? That's why I think that Umber, who actually showed some great uh, physical endurance in 2020, I, that was noticeable. Um, I think Umber would have been a tougher match for team. Although I do think Kyrgios will be very tricky if he holds up. And by the way, in this match, let me just throw this out there. Uh, he was having some um, left leg issues in the second set, and they completely went away. But are, but are they going to come back? And professionalism is also part of this. You know, I'm not, I'm not there, but, you know, and I'm not going to make any kind of assumptions, but recovery is hard. It is active. It is what the great, most committed players in this sport, it is what they take very, very, very seriously. So I don't know why. I can't tell you what Nick Kyrgios is doing with after a match. I cannot tell you. All I can tell you is that his body tends to break down when he plays a bunch of long matches. So that's my question here. But if if he's going to hold up, then I think the serve is going to present, and you know the the offensive play style. I think it's going to present plenty of problems for Dominic Team, and I think it's going to be a tricky third round. And we will see. Uh, we will see what happens. I will say that if Team gets through this. I think I don't think Pablo Carreño Busta will have anything for him. I don't think Diego Schwartzman, if if that's the quarterfinal, will have anything for him. And I think it'll be full speed ahead for Dominic Team into the semifinal. That's just that's how I see it. But right now, still early in the tournament, with the unique way that this surface is playing, I think Kiros is probably team will be team's stiffest test until the semifinal, if he's not the the Walking Dead. If he doesn't come out onto the court um, without his, you know, movement and his his physicality, because he needs that. All right, looking forward to that one. Hope you enjoyed this one. Don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you next time. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.